like oh well uncommon commanders right like that was the that was the idea and it's in, in the podcast description i mention leg- the legend set which is where like you first see them and then um but then everyone's like no we don't talk about that uh we just want to talk about like kamigawa kinda and then we talk about dominaria mostly and then everything else afterward you know yep. and it you know and it <laughs> when you put it's like well when you put it like that then yeah like I don't know, no one really wants to go back and talk about that really old trash where it's literally just like, oh, it's a three-color 4-4. Four, four. That does nothing. That does That's nothing. Like, it's just a dude, yeah, you know? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander Podcast, where myself and other guests talk about our favorite legendary uncommon creatures. Uh, today, I'm joined by Donnie, uh, who's here to talk about Slimefoot the Stowaway. Donnie, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing really, really good. Cole, how are you? Good. I'm doing great. It's it's Friday. Uh, it's nice and cold out, which is not so great. But, you know, we're on the Pacific Coast, so it's not, like, absolutely frigid. Not as cold as it could be. That's absolutely right. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, we're not talking about ice. We're not talking about the color blue. We're talking about green and black. And we're specifically talking about a really cool, uh, a really cool character from Dominaria who kind of just like showed up to the party. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about uh, a cool uncommon fungus legend that makes saprlings and, uh, Specifically says, whenever a sapling you control dies, Slimefoot deals one damage to each opponent you gain one life. Okay, hold on. Let's start off before we even get started here. Because uh, this is going back to the Sir Conrad episode. This is how silly, uh, you know, magic design has been in the last few years. We got a pretty interesting ability here. Um, and, it, you know, it's another sapling, uh, fungus, thalid kind of commander. But... It's dealing damage on the trigger. It's just yeah. like, no, it's, why? The craziest thing about the whole deal with Slimefoot is that it doesn't say non-token creature, and living death does work with saplings. It just does. It, it's it's disgusting the amount of damage you can do out of nowhere with very little setup. Yeah, and. And this is the other thing, too, um, that I've been ta- kind of talking about and kind of something you kind of see between different uncommon legendary creatures and design-wise, that on one hand, they can, th- they're can they here to fill a niche possibly within draft or to show a face to represent the story of the world, which is another topic for another day. But in this case, you have a pretty unique, if narrow and niche ability which maybe we could have seen on a legendary, like a like a higher rarity uh, legend, like rare or mythic slot or something like that. But the it's the fact that it's not lose life, uh, like we see with with Dina's Soul Steeper, uh, but it's it's damage, which is something that you normally don't see tied to black and green specifically. And this is what can make Slimefoot like, like you said, go. F- and especially the phrasing of whenever a sapling creature doesn't matter yep if it's if it's a token or not it can get out of hand very quickly and you know 
if you really want to go the extreme route, you throw on um in fact, if you really if you really want to go there. <laughs> in fact works or I mean if you want to, you can even add lifelink. I mean Oh, but lifelink's my favorite, yeah. Granted, granted you're already getting you're already gaining a life, but then if you add lifelink, then that stacks. And then Sir Conrad on top of it. It just, it degenerates so fast that, I mean, I I was, I've been thinking about rebuilding this deck. It was my first commander deck. I was really, really excited. I've always liked, you know, Thalids and Fungus and that whole thing. I, I don't really play a lot of graveyard stuff. Of course, that's changed since Grist came out, but again, that's another another story um but I, i've always been fascinated with the creature type and i always l- was looking for a way to kind of maximize on their abilities with the tokens and the generation and all that other stuff and then when i saw slime put i was like oh my god this is perfect and then with all the the the, the tricks you can use in black to capitalize on whether they're coming into play, whether they're doing damage, whether they're dying or whatever. And then to have that in a commander, it was just like, I mean, I was super excited to play this deck after I built it. I played it probably for like six months. It was my go-to deck. It was it was just so much fun. And now with things like Culling Ritual and oh man you know what when we when we went to Strixhaven or sorry yeah when we went to Strixhaven with the Witherbloom school uh you know at first I was kind of like oh I'm not so sure about their abilities like are they really that great um but then you kind of look at you look back at Slimefoot and you look back at a few of the older legends you're like actually wait these things just got way better out of nowhere like better like I mean, power level, power level went from like four to solid six or seven. Yeah, in a lot of these cases, because your mana curves are low, Ridic- you know, ridiculously low. Like you could probably cap off at five and call it exactly. And and you're in the perfect colors for recursion. You've got access to spore frog and fogs and respite and you know all of the evasion. It, it just yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Some of the things you can do if you just put the time in and and build something that's a lot of people say focused, and I don't know that that's really because I I don't see it that way because you're not really focusing on like one thing. It's more of a theme. <clears throat> yeah. For... So so I, I guess that's the other thing too, right? So okay, so. Let, let's start off with this, right? So, so Slimefoot says Sapperling, and he can he can make Sapperlings. Okay, well, you could you could think that it's a pretty narrow focus because it's so centered on that, um, the ability and the mention of a, of a tribe, um, and a creature type. But it, it, when you look at a lot of resources, there's actually like a pretty abundant way of building this, and it's not just you know you can you can do a bunch of funguses that make um sapperlings we can also just play things that just make sapperling sapperlings like arbitrarily you know yes absolutely like i i'm thinking of fungal rebirth from 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 magic 2021 like the core set and it's just like okay so again like you said graveyard you can return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand and if a creature died this turn create two green sapperling creature tokens just you know what just because why not do it 
you know it's Absolutely. Uh, it's crazy yeah and then you've got things like uh what is it tender shoot dryad mm. <laughs> that just dumps salad or dumps saplings on the board and buff, um, and buffs them eventually and buffs them and you know then you have all you need at that point all you really need is a sack outlet and and how you know and what kind of sack outlet do you need you know what suits your purpose you could throw every single one of them in there um you know good old good, good old astronaut's altar or whatnot but yeah exactly but you know if you look at it so let's say slime puts out You've got something that's going to generate 10 saplings. Then you play something like Culling Ritual, and you're going to take all the mana off of those. You're going to deal the damage from Slime Foot. You're going to gain the life, but then you take all of that mana, and then you dump it back into Slime Foot and create more creatures. But granted, Culling, I, culling Ritual is just freaking That's such a ridiculous <laughs> card! It's just like it's a it's a self replicating machine at that point, you know. And then when you throw in, I mean, Gaia's Cradle, Growing Rites of Itlamok, and uh, then Circle you know, of Dreams Druid, exactly. And then you throw on, let's say, let's reach out a little bit and let's go Beastmaster's Ascension. Mmm, what a classic! Love it. I mean, so it's just there's so many ways. I think the problem with this kind of a deck is that there's 500 ways you could build in it to win. And they're all going to win. And they're all good. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, there are no bad win cons in this kind of a deck. So then you have to just figure out, okay, how do you narrow it down to figure out what exactly you want to do with it? And I think, for me, my favorite one is Bolus the Citadel. Because Ooh, okay. you attack the Citadel, you sacrifice 10 creatures, you do 10 damage, you do another 10 damage, and you gain 10 life. So t on today's episode, we're going to be talking about just busted, broken magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Bolus of Citadel. Oh my god, Bolus of Citadel. This is, like, yeah, okay, so Bolus of Citadel really works in a, like, in a tokens deck like this because you're able to have that pop-off of, like, a 20, like, a 20 life swing across the table, and you're just, the dividend, the dividends are paying off. You are just laughing at the absolute chaos that you've just caused of sacrificing 10 saplings. It's just... Exactly. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, you don't have to work really hard to get 10 saplings. No, you don't. Like, like, as we've mentioned, like, there's 101 ray, like one ways that you can arbitrarily make a sapling for cheap. Um, like, so I'm I'm just looking at some online lists and all this other stuff. I'm looking at um, uh, Corrosda Guild Mage, where the second ability is two black-green sacrifice a non-token creature, create X saplings, where X is a sacrifice creature's toughness. And it's like, okay, so... Uh-oh, my big... Okay, I don't know. Let's go really big top end. Um, let's look at Verdant Force. And it's making saplings every upkeep, but someone's targeting it. So I guess I'll pop the Verdant Force and make Severn saplings. Just because I can. And honestly, yep. like, Verdant, Verdant Force, Tentershoot Dryad, um, there's the enchantment that's, like, Verdant something... 
that also says like make a make a sapperling every upkeep and it's just like ugh. okay so and, that, and you know what okay like like since we're talking about creatures like this like you look at tender shoot dryad which is so like why wouldn't you play it in a in a slimefoot deck but everyone understands that like it is a ticking clock because ev- tri- being able to trigger every upkeep is so strong and it's just Absolutely. like woo. Yeah, and then, like, so, I mean, if you're looking at uh, Bastion of Remembrance is another one. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain life. So now you're doubling up on Slimefoot's ability. It's just... So, or, you know, that's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what's so funny to me, because um, now it's, from my perspective, it's two for two for uncommon... Golgari slash um, like Wither Bloom, black green colored legendaries that like are really good and kind of slightly busted and it's great because it's not tied to it's not tied to higher rarity like they're they're kind of easing up on sort of like the mechanical complexity and just going just for straight value, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that a lot of a lot of the highly playable uncommon commanders they're just good cards that for whatever reason didn't make it to the rarity slot you know and there's probably reasons like um like i think i've mentioned it before that it's uh, for one thing it's like okay is the draft environment good enough and support uh what what the what the creature is capable of doing and you look at something like uh, we've talked about Sir Conrad on the show before, like a, a f- quite a few times, and Sir Conrad is just busted, right? It it, it mm-hmm. does everything. It is a Swiss Army knife of kill your opponents, um, but within the context of the broken set of Eldraine, um, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't really have stuff in the set that really supports it and and requires it to be at a higher rarity when you're drafting. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. But if you'd had to do like a diff, like we release Sir Conrad in, I don't know, let's say a master set in the future, I would definitely see a rarity bump just because of if there's like a really strong graveyard theme. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I and I think that's kind of the thing with uncommon commanders is that in another in in another set in, in another environment, you know. Um, there's lots of different things that could happen with it. You know, a lot of times I think people get stuck in like magic's not a vacuum. The draft environment can be, but then when you break some of those cards out of that environment, like Slimefoot, and you put it into the wider card pool, things can get out of control. Oh, very quickly. I mean, that like, and that's the beauty about Commander is that, you know, um, and this is also thing about cards that require a certain environment to be good. It you know it's very rare that you see a card be taken out. Like certain cards just don't scale up a commander, and at the same time, there are some cards that scale up beautifully in commander. And it's like when you look at a card like Slimefoot, you look at a card like Dina, and you look at a card like Sir Conrad. The the benefits that you get 
even though like uh like let's say when it comes to like life drain sure it's not symmetrical but you are dealing three damage across the board across the table and you are gaining one so in it you know in a grand scheme of things that is a net gain of like i don't know what is that four life out of exactly out of a pool <laughs> of 120 and you're like that you're that you're trying to kind of like slim down and it's like yeah you know what scards like this it can get ridiculous really fast and like that you know I love it. I love to see it. It's why I'm talking about it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so you've, you've made a deck of slime, but foot before, and you, and you've mentioned that you really like phthalids, um, and like funguses and all this other stuff. So like, what was, when you built the deck, what was sort of your preferred build and style? So again, you know, slime foot was my first commander deck. It was far from perfect. <laughs> of, of course, and, and why wouldn't it, you know? Um, but I really liked the the Fallen Empires theme with the saplings and so on and so forth. So I went heavy that direction. And then at the same time, like, I played with cards like Elvish Farmer. You know, it's a... Zero two for one and a green. During your upkeep, you put a spore counter on it. Pay zero. You remove three spore counters from Elvish Farmer. You put a Sapperling token into play. And then you can sacrifice a Sapperling to gain two life. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I've got Slimefoot. I've got the Elvish Farmer. So if I create a creature and sacrifice a creature, I'm gaining three life and doing a point of damage. There's no downside to this combination. It's just it's just good. It's, it's... And then and then because all of the saplings don't have an activation cost and they don't tap, or at least the ones I used don't tap, it's like you can just do all of this stuff on demand. And you know, this was before proliferate and you know, before any of that stuff. So you add those mechanics into on top of those kinds of cards and, you know, cards that were kind of, you know, really looked over or or just mostly ignored back then become extremely viable now in the current environment. I mean, you, you like, you love to see it. Like, seeing, seeing a subset of cards that were kind of, like, glanced over 5, 10, 20 years ago. And then this one card kind of just shows up in a set and everyone's like, holy shit. Like I can go, I can bust out these cards for my collection and cram it all together in a deck. And now, now these cards are relevant. Yeah. Elvish, I mean, Elvish Farmer is king, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Elvish Farmer is actually, you know, this is actually a good combo card with Slimefoot. It works perfectly. Um... So yeah, it was. I was. I played. So um, let's go. Spore flower. All right. This this extremely overlooked card. And I mean, some people will call me the king of fogs, but whatever. That's another story for another time. Um, during your upkeep, put a spore counter on it, and then for zero, remove a spore, three spore counters, and no creatures deal damage in combat this turn. If you have any proliferate triggers on the regular, this card for two mana is going to prevent combat 
forever Period. your own your own built angus mckenzie you know you, and you cannot stop it there's nothing you can do and like now we've got things like horizon stone where you can just move counters all around the board well guess oh, what yeah, it's now a little it's a little ridiculous <laughs> I mean, before it was like, yeah, okay, I got these eight creatures out here, and there's two counters on this and five counters on that. Well, guess what? Horizon Zone, we're just going to take everything, and we're going to put it there, and then we're just going to move it to the most important creature at that at any given time. Honestly, Horizon Stone is kind of just ridiculous. It's broke. It's nice to say, okay, like, I mean, okay, we're kind of stepping out a bit out of here, but, like, what I absolutely love about seeing, um, like, I love Crufix um oh. like as a card i not that i play it a whole lot uh, anymore but just like as a concept but then you're also getting to see a lot of these like really popular or really strong effects get kind of like taken apart and then like just like oh we'll take like 50 percent of this card and slap it on a card you know yeah and they, they're it's, it's almost as if they're taking everything out of the lexicon okay we've go, we've done all of this stuff in the past you know what? we're just gonna make mana burn a thing again you know <laughs> oh my god i wish they would i wish they would i wish they would. i miss mana burn so much no 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 i am not here to weird no i'm not talking about mana burn i'm I will not, I wasn't even, I wasn't even playing, like, I was playing way after the fact when that thing wasn't a thing anymore. I am not, we're not going back. You either play your lock or you're not playing anything else, so I'm not sitting here dealing with that. I can appreciate that. Uh. I really can. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's so many things, it's, uh, again, it's like they took everything that they've done, and they just like, okay, we're going to take these 50 things, we're going to spin a wheel, and whatever pops up, we're going to put it on a new card. We're going to spin the wheel and throw a dart at it, you know? Exactly. And then then we end up with things like, you know, Horizon Stone, and we end up with things like Wedding Ring. Oh my god, that card is so good. Wedding um, Ring is... was. Again, there's a whole issue about it being sort of in a in specific kinds of packs. It's not as readily available, but it doesn't change the fact that like white gets a pretty weird bonkers card, and then if someone's like, "I'm going to draw a hundred cards," and you're like, "I would also like to draw a hundred cards," and they're like, "Wait, no, hold on." <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait a minute, I made a mistake. <laughs> you know, just like the guy who's playing Essex and decides that he's gonna make eight copies of something that's going to draw him cards. And the next thing, you know, you're drawing 48 cards a turn and you literally have, don't know what to do. It's like, I can't control this. You got, this is, <laughs> I mean, okay. Now we're, now we're really going completely off base. Cause now we're talking about white cards. We're talking about, we're talking about blue green cards. We're talking about cards that are, it's keeping your mana in, in, in like oh my god we're getting completely off track here but but you are right like the magic design has been getting absolutely insane and having having cards that kind of just like um snowball off each other into sort of like this uncontrollable trigger amalgamation where you're like okay i have um 20 triggers on the stack and i need to resolve them in order and they get multiplicative once you hit about the third or fourth resolution of this thing. You're like, mm -hmm. oh no. Which I mean, yep. okay, let's bring that right back into Slimefoot. Like you said earlier, you know, you play a, um, a, oh shoot, what was the, what was the random emitter spell that you swap things? You told me about it. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, uh, 
the reanimator spell where you swap things. You sacrifice things, you exile creature cards in your graveyard, you swap zones. Oh, living death. Living death. L- living death and other effects like that, you know? Living death yeah. and, and stuff where mass sacrifice gets involved in your end, like, suddenly turns Slimefoot into kind of an annoying little guy who's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take life. And you're like, dang it, alright, I don't like that, but that's fine. And then you turn around, he's like, I'm taking, like, 20 of your life each and everyone's like no wait hold on a minute whoa whoa <laughs> hold on how did that happen what are you talking about <laughs> yeah but living death is also like the well i mean granted like living death is, is just such a bonkers magic card and like also reminds me of why, why like playing like multicolored decks with like access to like red and black and green and blue and not white and <laughs> you at least have access to like haste and things that kind of like trigger off each other and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful day when it happens absolutely um but yeah it's just there's there's just i really like fungus and you know the whole theme so i just went i just went for it and i mean i played with Michaeloth and i played with spore swarm and Sapling migration. Dominaria actually had a lot of good stuff for uh a lot of good support for Slimefoot, which which I thought was just amazing. Um because you know the the old saying there's no bit parts there or there's no bit players, there's only bit parts. And nobody really expected anything from Slimefoot. It was just kind of a like a cutesy little thing in the lore. Um but man, he's a t- he's one hundred percent a weapon. Uh, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not saying that I won like a lot of games, but I definitely won games just wiping the board out by either dumping so many creatures and sacrificing everything at one time, or you know, I mean, I think back then we were still playing with cards like um, Coat of Arms and. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, yeah, I got 31 ones on the board. Yeah, big deal. All right, well, I'm going to drop a coat of arms, and then I'm going to go to combat. And then everybody's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we go, let's go to 0 to 100, like, now. Yeah, it's like, a, a, you know, all of a sudden you're driving a Tesla. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I've been in a Tesla before, and that's a freaking weird vehicle. <laughs> kind of freaks me out a bit, but unrelated. Unrelated. But, but yeah, so... Yeah, there's just, like you said, there's just so many different tools for Slimefoot that really makes it, like, scary in an instant. And I mean, you know, when you kind of look at, like, Slimefoot, like, Slimefoot is fairly popular. People know who Slimefoot is, what Slimefoot does, and what's the kind of thing that you're going to be expecting. And for some people, they're going to go for hyper-efficiency, and some people are going to just do, like, I'm literally, like, Adding and removing as many spore counters off these creatures as I can manage, but, like, if I don't have the pieces, it's not going to work. And it's still, like, yeah, you know what, it does a decent job, and you're like, okay, I, I didn't win the game, but I made, like, 100 saplings, and I did a good job, you know? Exactly, yeah. Although, yeah. although speaking of other busted cards, freaking the Meat Hook Massacre, freaking, oh, jeez, yes. that card... There's just, I mean, granted, we could say, like, oh, yeah, a bunch of cards just got crazier. But, like, when you look at Slimefoot, it's like, okay, so I wipe the board, and then we also slap, you know, a crazy, like, it just, it's, and then, I don't know, it's, I could talk about a hundred cards. Oh, this is the thing I love talking about, stuff like this, where it's just like, there's so many things you can do. 
That's the cool thing about that's the cool thing about Golgari. Just that color combination. There's tons of synergy you don't have to work hard for. You know, it's it's two card combos, and then those combos just continue to stack the more pieces you add. Like uh Slimefoot, Poison Tip, Archer, and Dina. Mm-hmm. Good to go. <laughs> I mean all you need is enough mana to get like a sapling migration or, you know, any of those cards where you can get five or six, maybe seven creatures out on the board. And then again, you just need a sack outlet and black is beautiful. That's that, that is like the one thing that black does better than anything else. Kill you, and then, kill you dead. That's for sure. And then, and then, and exactly. And then you just capitalize it. You know, you've got cards like Zulaport Cutthroat and Blood you Artist. Know, you, you already talked about the Cross the Guild Mage. You got Blood Artist. You Corp Jack Menace. If one or more plus one plus one creatures will be put on a creature you control, twice that many plus one plus one counters are put on it instead. So you sacrifice creatures to put plus one, plus one counters on it. You're doing damage, and then you still have a beater to go after somebody with. Or you can turn around, and that's the one that you blow up to get more creatures to sacrifice to blow the rest of the board up with. It's also it's just, a fungus, you know, right. if, if, it, if that exactly. matters. you know. Exactly. It, just, it, it, it all just fits the theme so well, and there's just so many cards that didn't get any attention... 20 years ago that just make it so much fun. You know, I, I like tribal decks. That's kind of, you know, tribal and tokens are probably the things I do more than anything else. And uh, this just feeds that, that thing for me that, that just puts me over the edge. And if, if I was only allowed to play one kind of deck, it would be tokens and tribal i mean just take everything else away and i would be perfectly happy for the rest of my existence that's pretty that's that's a, that's a pretty good like viewpoint to have because like you know and i guess maybe you know I, I mean i don't know what what else can we say about about uh slime foot that won't oh you know that won't be said by other people and like we could just go on and on for hours but i guess now that since like that's a pretty good topic to kind of try and swing into here is that, um, like you said, every once in a while, like a, a, a thing is brought to the table, especially in commander what that really kind of brings this sort of ambiguous, not really well looked upon like feature or an ability or a tribe that just suddenly kind of brings everything together cohesively. And then everyone's like, holy smokes this thing from 20 years ago suddenly is actually super bonkers and like this is the thing like magic i know a lot of people are complaining about sort of the overabundance of legendary creatures that come out every year because like it can be very confusing right give me more oh it's it's definitely more (laughs) let's not get ourselves give me me more give me more i'll take i'll take give me all the legendary creatures you can pull out of your head because all that does is this is fuels the imagination to brew new stuff and and try new things. But the, the, for me, the greatest thing about magic is that it's always evolving, it's always changing. But at the same time, there's this backlog of crazy, insane stuff that's still viable. We can still play with it. We there's the 
Commander is like the biggest sandbox. And and for me, being able to throw cards from, you know, a 20-year span of of R&D and testing and all this other stuff and and making something that works is just it it's just amazing. Yeah, like so um Oh man, where do I even get started with this? So like if we're taking a look just at the recent set of Crimson Vow by itself, right? Um and we maybe just take into consideration not any of the monocolored legends, like let's just only look at the two color legends across Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt. I'm pretty sure that's just like twenty creatures, right? Yeah. Only within the course of what, through two months, you know? And I see I, I think part of the problem with Crimson Crimson Val and Midnight Hunt, it really should have just been like one set this year and then one set next year because there's so much synergy between the two sets. Do you think it, that, do you think that makes them like less distinct? I really do. I think I think that be, having them come out so close together it it took some of the Maybe some of the punch out of it, you know? I mean, Midnight Hunt is not a bad set. There's some really good playable stuff there. But compared to Crimson Vow, I just think Crimson Vow is the better of the two sets. I mean, I, I do kind of agree, mostly because like I do like the vampire thing better uh, than werewolves. And I feel like, although the werewolf sort of day-night mechanic that they were kind of aiming for to kind of flip it back and forth, really do appreciate that change, and I wish there was some kind of errata to older ones. But, you know, vampires, blood, this really cool kind of lean towards spirits being able to, like, coming back as auras that attach to humans and... Well, they can fight back! And, and, and I mean, like, there's... I mean, if you could... Like, I know blood like blood tokens for some people is sort of a bit of a mixed bag because like everyone's assessment of it is different. They're like, well, I should technically just be able to just crack it and draw and discard a card. Or why do I need to pay the one? Or well, blood isn't as good as treasures or, or something like that, you know? Um, and it's like, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's also like, Oh, there's flavor check marks for the set and all this other stuff. I mean, that's, that's a completely different thing, but like, I don't know. There's just like a lot of really cool things that were done for both sets. And I would say that Crimson Vow is definitely better. And then there's again the whole issue that like the synergy between the two sets like is a lot more like noticeable once you kind of put some of these cards side by side and you're like, oh, wait, like these play off each other really well. Exactly. Um, but, but, but so like, okay, but, but bringing it back to the original point here about like, having a legendary creature be represented of a color combination and, and then having another one coming in the sequel set, right? Well, now you have, like, your options just multiplied times two mm-hmm. for at least color choices, but then also, like, what each of these creatures do that makes them unique in comparison to its colored counterpart in the other set. Like, I just think it's just really exciting because it adds so much... Um, like of another potential deck that you can come across just by, you know, another game on spell table. What are people building this week uh, over at Coach J Rose uh, stream or Seth Crosses or, or you know, whoever your 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 
personality of choices, you know, on, on over on Magic, you know, it's like, you know, people like their Tovalars and people like their Florians and Runo Stromkirk freaking seed monster tribal shenanigans, you know, which is so good. I love that card. I can't wait till I get that in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Corey, Corey over at the Commander Crew has been running a Runo list, and when it goes off, it, it goes off. Disgusting. Yeah. Last night, last night he was swinging with what was it? I think the first round he had four junk winders, and then he was on he was on his way to like eight junk winders, and of course, you know, we kind of ganged up on him, and we're like, yeah, okay, that's enough, but. Um, yeah, I mean, once once that gets going, it's pretty difficult to deal with. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that, and that's also just like magic in a nutshell. It's like if, due to circumstances, you know, you you spent your removal too early, you countered that spell too early, like a few turns ago, you don't have resources anymore. So it's like, okay, time to pop off. Let's go, and you know, <laughs> and sometimes they do it in such a spectacular fashion by like okay so this commander just got printed and i'm using these old cards because now this card brought these old cards back and mm-hmm. in into sort of quote-unquote kind of like circulation right like yep. new life has been breathed into it and it's so like it's so great to see and that's why i really love commander because like uh some people have like have expressed that they don't enjoy not knowing what's going on and i can understand that especially when it comes to commander but like why wouldn't we want to encounter something new to kind of add new life to the game? And, like, Commander is, like, the most crazy bonkers casual format that you'll ever encounter. Why wouldn't you want someone to show up with a brand new deck with a with a new Commander? It's just that they, they're playing cards from, like, 20 years ago, and you don't know either of, of these things or what, like, the end goal is. Like, what's the ceiling, you know? Um... <laughs> And then, and then, as soon as you figure out what the ceiling is, something else comes out and completely changes it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's the you haven't even seen my final form. You know, exactly. <laughs> all, oh. of a sudden, all of a sudden, Kirby becomes Majin Buu, and you're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You're just like, "Oh, here's this suit. Here's this really cute, like plush round pink." Wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they become Baby Boo, and you're like, oh, okay. Wait, was it Baby Boo? What the heck was his name? Yeah, it was Baby Boo. Okay, it was Baby Boo. Okay. I know yeah. I know my Dragon Ball Z lore. Totally. <laughs> I've only watched the Abridged series, really. Uh-huh. I mean, that's not uncommon. It is a lot to take in. <laughs> it is. It, they managed to... Pro- they made it... They made it the most enjoyable to watch because I can't... I mean, I personally can't stand Dragon Ball Z otherwise, but that's my... That's always been my thing. Uh, it's just, I'm like, oh, Trunks, he's pretty cool. Vegeta's got more, like... Oh, that's a whole character thing. <laughs> like, okay, okay, so, like, since we're talking about, like, characters, like, we'll... So, let's talk about Odric for a second. Because... Uh, you know, Odric's always been a, like, was a hot button with Crimson oh, Vow yeah. coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing uh, Ristic Studies' beautiful video on Odric, like, like uh, I think within the week from Odric being uh, shown during during spoilers. And then um, the, the whole Bloodric gang 
showing up being like, actually, Bloodrick's pretty freaking sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, I think the more, again, <sighs> product comes out so fast, a lot of the time we don't get the time that we would normal or that we're used to seeing to adapt to the products and play test and figure out what works. So now if something comes out and it's not like exactly what people expect it to be, a lot of the time popular opinion is just, you know what, that card sucks. I'm never going to play it. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm burning a deck ASAP. Because exactly. like, there's... I, need to know, I need to know what's going to happen. Yeah. It, it, it could be something that actually works. You, you have to you have to just try keep trying. I mean, that's why a lot of commander players have 15, 16, 20, 30 decks. You know? I'm at because, the 37 count, I think. See, <laughs> I think between me and Jen, we're somewhere around 50. I think that's where Ooh. we're at between the two of us. Damn. Uh, but yeah, because there's so much good stuff and there's no real limit to what you can or can't do with it. So when when I see something and everybody's like saying, well, this is just garbage, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, but what about what about the rest of it? Like the, the whole blood token thing, the fact that there's a card that allows you to weaponize them takes the whole Roga Arden thing to a whole new level. Yeah. So, okay, because this is the other thing that, that took audric from like good to great for me personally like all right so the whole okay let's just get one thing out of the way here i don't care that he became a vampire i think that is the sickest coolest thing they could have done with this character and i was like fingers crossed i'm like i want him to be a vampire just for some like sick twisted sense of pleasure like i just wanted him to be a vampire you know um vampire hunter that's yes. what I that's like, amazing. so it's like he's blade let's just put it out there Audric is Blade now. We'll just say that, and we'll move forward, and everybody will be happy. And, and like, okay, I, I can understand how disappointing it is that Audric doesn't have a keyword to even trigger himself. I understand why that can be disappointing, and, like, why jumping through hoops, like, makes... Like, why would you want... Why would you want to play a legendary creature like this as a commander? It's like, okay, but, like... This is something Peter, Mono White Border, said when we were doing uh, a top 10 list for Adventure of the Forgotten Realms a few months ago. He said that there's something, the unintangibles, that can't you can't really put your finger on right away because it's not like a quantifiable thing. That That's the thing that makes Audric like, really great for me, is that the theoretical ceiling is exciting to me. But it's it's being in sort of that average state between zero and twelve is what makes it really exciting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I and, agree one hundred percent. And and when uh, spoiler season continued with the Crimson Vow Commander decks, and then suddenly there's this card that says, "Oh, hey, your blood tokens can now become swords." You're like, "Eh, <laughs> wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> and so. And then I'm like, well, hold on a second. In Adventure of the Forgotten Realms, Brunor Battlehammer was was released, and it's and his his says, uh, for each equipment on a creature, that creature gets plus two plus zero. Oh. You're like, okay, hold on. So I put Brunor Battlehammer out, and my blood tokens can become equipment that also give plus two plus zero. Oh. And if I really want to do something, I put Bludgeon Brawl in the deck, so it turns my blood tokens into equipable artifacts anyway. And they equip for zero, 
Um, and at that point, your hands start shaking, and you got a little bit of sweat on your brow. Yeah, yeah, you like start to get excited. <laughs> it, like this, like don't get me wrong. This is pure magic Christmas land, and it requires a few cards to be put together to make this work. But that's why I want to do it. Like exactly. that's like that's that's really what it comes down to. Is just like I want to work towards that magic Christmas land feeling, and if I get to do it, that is such like a euphoric feeling as as a magic player for myself. And I'd be like, now, can I kill people with this? Now that's the other half that would just make it like fly me off to the freaking eldritch moon with Emmercool and be like, what's up, girl? Check this shit out. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> it's just. I, I, and, and so at the end of the day, and, and people have pointed this out that like, okay, Odric 1.0 from, from commander, uh, from magic 2013, like not fantastic. And then the second one was really interesting because it allowed keywords to be shared across the board. And you're like, well, that's still pretty good. It's not great. But now Odric, Odric requires sort of the same conditions. You still need keywords and there still might be this sort of like disconnect between, um, having creatures with keywords, but also having this sort of focus on artifacts. And it's like, okay, but there's a balance that I'm sure that can be reached. And that by using Aldric as part of this engine, that eventually things start coming together. And like, that's, that's, people are just, you know, people are talking about it and people are like, hey, you know what? Like, actually, this isn't actually that half bad. And I'm like, and now you get that sick ass alternate, artwork for audric as he's like his fangs are bearing and there's blood swirling all over the place and i'm like and that is my commander and we're, <laughs> and we're good to go you know it's it, yep. that's really what it's all about for me yeah no absolutely i i, I agree 100 i think that uh everybody who poo-pooed audric when it was first spoiled is probably either taking it back at this point because i mean there's some good audric decks out there i've played against a couple of them recently uh and or they're just like not saying anything i mean i don't i haven't heard anybody complaining about it since <laughs> listen that was that was magic news for like a month ago you know we we've been yeah. there done that right <laughs> exactly you know you today on. today is about alchemy you know, like, yeah. let's, which, like, okay, I mean, like, this, I, I do intend for this to, I'm, I'm putting this out tomorrow on, uh, just for listeners here, if you're listening to this, it's, it's gonna be Saturday, December the 4th, um, you know, uh, alchemy is gonna be the news, is what we're gonna be talking about, people are gonna be talking about it, and, um, uh, that will also pass, and something else will happen. Oh, I don't know. Probably on Monday or something. If we're if we're going, if we're if at this rate, you know, we'll talk about something else. And and um, people said their piece, and they said, "Oh, I think Odric sucks." And they were like, "Okay, cool." And they're like, "Why would you play that?" And I'm like, "Cause I don't assess cards like you do." And now we will move on with our lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just like I, I, you know, it was well, well. Last week it was the whole infinity thing and and the silver border cards not being silver. Really? Because I still thought that was Monday. Uh, was that this week? Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't things know. Move, <laughs> things move too fast. Um, a, a little bit, yeah. But uh, and and then yeah, the whole alchemy thing, and I just 
For me, I'm I'm against I'm a paper player. I'm always going to be a paper player. So when I start hearing about things that I'm not going to be able to play in paper because the abilities just don't work, I, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know that I even am going to give it that much of my attention at this point. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. If they do some cool stuff or release some cool cards that, like, could feasibly work in paper, I would be a little disappointed. But, like, at the end of the day, like... If it's on Arena, I, I I just, I don't really care at this point. It's like complaining, like, and this is the thing, too. Like, I always talk about people complaining about magic, like, all the time. You know, controversy every day, every week, nonstop. Someone's talking about something, right? It's, it's, yep. <laughs> it's, it's our nature to do so. Um, uh-huh. The vocal minority will make a ruckus, and then we'll kind of move on to next week. Just, just say you don't like it and move on. It's like Odric, like you said, no one's talking about it anymore. Um... The only thing we should be talking about is Rhystic Studies video about it, because like, because <laughs> he did such a good job about it. It's just like, oh, let's talk about the hero's journey and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. That lore video, like, out of all the lore videos I've seen, that was one of the best. I mean, it was just well put together. Just, I uh, yeah, I, me and Jen were just thoroughly hooked on the whole thing. It was, it was amazing. And it's just, you know, now, and like, this is the other thing too, like, you know, in, in the fallout of whatever magic controversy is happening for the week or the month or whatever, is that like, they, people make some really cool stuff in our community. And I feel like uh, as much as we can get caught up in, uh, I, I said this the other, I said this on a tweet recently, it's like, we can get caught up in the hype and we can get caught up in rumors and we can get caught up in the disappointments. Um, but we are in a community where we're trying to be positive and there's like a really lot of cool shit people are doing and people are playing and, and also magic artwork is like super freaking sick. So let's like keep talking about that shit instead of complaining about like, Oh man, I can't believe they did my boy dirty. That poor Audric. I'm like, well, he isn't dead. I'll freaking take that. Not like poor Gideon, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the greatest, one of the greatest things about magic as a whole is that it's massive. There is this, you know, what, 30 year history. There's so much lore. There's so much out there. And I, I mean, for me, the positive is always going to outweigh the negative. We have this amazing game that we get to play with our friends and we get to just play it however we want. Nobody's, yeah, there are some people out there saying, (laughs) maybe you shouldn't do this and maybe you shouldn't do that. (laughs) I am going to sit down. I'm going to get a game with Sheldon and I'm just going to be like, why can't you just tell people to shut the hell up? Because he's he's a better man than you or I. You know, because he just, I, I, those guys have the hardest job and they don't get paid for it. Nope. It's not like, it's, it, it's a hobby. It's, they're volunteers, people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, listen, you know? like, listen here. And I guess maybe I can, we can wrap this up with a statement about Commander and then call it a night because I got some stuff to do and dinner eat. And, yeah, we, we can do this for hours, man. But, so let, let's kind of bring it down, right? So, like every format in Magic, whether, I mean, Standard and Modern and all that other stuff has had tournament support, and then when we get to Commander, 
uh, we got to kind of remember that, like, a group of people kind of sat down, made a really cool format about Elder Dragons and kind of being the only one standing at the Fallout at the end of the game. And then they said, well, how about we kind of branch out the rules and kind of, kind of, kind of just do some cool stuff. And then, and then now, when we sit down, when Donnie, you or I sit down, we can be like, someone's like, hey, uh, I'm going to play, um excuse me, they're going to play, I don't know, some silver border thing because they want to try something cool out. And I'm like, am I going to sit there and tell them no just because the commander advisory group or the or the, 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 the rule makers are like, that's not allowed? No, because that's not what commander is about. It's not about following the rules to the letter. Stuff it's happens. Stuff it's happens all the time. Game. It's our game. That's the cool thing about commander. It's 100% on us. Our experience, you know, what we expect out of it, it's 100% on us. Nobody owns that but us. That's the greatest thing about the Commander. And that's why we just, you know, we're all about the community and bringing, you know, really fun people together and just having a good time. You know, you you catch us on stream and 50% of the time we're laughing. And when we're laughing, the audience is laughing, and it's just fun. People, it's a game. Don't take it so seriously. Please. And uh, and that is going to be the message for tonight. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, folks. Hey. But it's just, yeah. Magic is magic is a big game, and it's much bigger than you or I. And it's it's not about what... It's not about what the people down the street are doing. It's not about what people are doing at the big tournaments, what they're doing on the YouTube channels or the streams. What are you doing uh, in your corner of the world with your friends or with people at your LGS, you know? That's that's infinitely more important than what uh, I do. And it's more important than what Donnie does. Except when Donnie does something bad to me and then now I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I probably earned that uh, 20 damage to the face. And now I'm thinking about Fitz, and now I gotta go call him a, call him a fucking scumbag or something, you know? Uh, so, let's wrap this up here. Donnie, thank you for coming on and chatting. It's really great chatting with you, and it was great having that game with you uh, uh, not that long ago. Always a good time, Cole. I appreciate you having me on. We'll definitely get more games in, man. Uh, you know how to find me. I know how to find you. And uh, I'll see you out there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, is there anything uh, anything you want to plug here at the end about yourself? Do you, do you got a Twitter you want to share? Do you show up anywhere in particular? So um, uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Cardboard Pimpin. Uh, most of my content over there is going to be just trade stuff. I bling, um, you know... We buy a lot of cards. We trade a lot of cards. You know, this is the hobby that we've decided that we just are going to do for ourselves. Uh, then over on Twitter, you can find me at Donnie underscore Filthy MTG Casuals. Uh, my wife, Jen, is uh, the better part of this whole thing. She is in charge of our inventory. She makes sure that... Uh, Everything is where it's supposed to be. She keeps track of all that stuff, and she tries to keep me under control, which is not always easy. Really? Because uh, I heard she kind of indulged you not that long ago, and uh, 
<laughs> are you sure she keeps you in check or you keep her in check? It's uh there might be some 50-50. Well, I mean <laughs> <laughs> let's just say you secretly egg each other on and you just don't yes. want to admit it. Absolutely. And yes, she always pretty much always attacks me first, but uh, <laughs> um, uh yeah, and so and then you can also find Jen on Instagram. Uh she's MTG Card Crazy. She's had that account for uh, I don't know, probably like three or four years. She's got way more followers. She's way more popular than I will probably ever be. She showed um, up on the EDH uh EDH cruise stream not that long ago, if I remember. Or is she doing uh-huh. that? No, I the next week we're gonna be on EDHRX stream playing. There we, there we go. Uh, we're we're really really excited about. It. Still not sure how that happened, but you know what? We're just gonna run with it. We're uh, hey, we're all finding our way together. It's a it's a cool experience, you know. Absolutely, but yeah, you can find us there. And then I host a game every Friday night, and this goes out to anybody out there. If you want to get. So you just want to have some fun, casual, I don't care, low power, high power, anything. Get at me, send me a message, send me a DM. We will set something up because I love to play Commander. There you go. Um, and as for me, you can find me over on Twitter at Eclipse Meteor. You can also probably find me over on Coach Jero's Unsummoned Skull on occasion. You can find me over in MTG Lexicon. Uh, I don't know. I'm floating around now. It's kind of weird too, yeah. <laughs> Getting out there, making the rounds. Exactly. For sure. uh, but hey, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed. We'll see you on the next one.